Central Oklahoma senior uh, in Eli Hooks. Eli, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, man, for sure. Thank you for having me, first off, man. I really appreciate it. I know we've, you know, UCO offered me about a week out from signing day, which was also my birthday. Yeah, man, it was a really nice birthday present to be able to sign, you know, to the school that I really wanted to go to. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year to, like, I should play. So I wasn't quite ready to just work in the way I could. And the time I was in the weight room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just, I just know it's more, I just know much more that I can do. So I'm just keep going, see how far I can take it. Post game press conferences. There's been several things that, that happened even before the season started that, you know, and, you know, that could have just, our kids could have just folded the ten. Uh, you know, it shows character. Game previews, recaps, and more brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show only on the SuaveReport.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Cho Show podcast here on SwallowReport.com. I'm your host, JG Smooth. And uh, again, the intro is just top line. Even I start to amend uh, DJ Deuce J for that. Uh, it really is head and above uh, anything else that we've had. Um, we have, again, uh, I think this is the episode that I promised the season recap. Uh, I, I had wanted to try to get Coco back on here again, but he is uh, him and his staff are busy with the with the uh, signing day two weeks away, so uh, we will go to the Plan B. Um, but that being said, we have some other UCO Bronco related news before we get into that. Uh, on the basketball front, uh, the women still um, continuing to impress here. They ended their uh, four game losing streak with a dominating 88-60 win over Missouri Southern uh, this past Saturday. Uh, they're 12-6 on the season at 3-4 in the conference and again given what the circumstances here uh, what they have what they lost, the timing of losses the injuries uh, you know I, I think they, again you have, to be, you have to be pleased by the uh, by the success so far of Coach Guy Hardiker's uh, team uh, 
Um, right now, they are led by forward Orion Smith, who's averaging 11.4 points, 7.9 rebounds, one steal a game. And then um, guards, uh, um, Satoya Bryson is averaging 10.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 1.8 steals. Uh, they also have four players that are averaging at least a steal a game, which is really impressive. But if you know Coach Guy Harker, you know he is a stickler for defense. And uh, it, is, it, is, it is a, te- a, a clear uh, testament of it. If you look at the box scores, they're only allowing 60.8 points a game on 39% shooting. So uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to how the women's program is still staying competitive here, uh, given the... Uh, losses and, and injuries here because as long as you play defense you get yourself a chance to win if you watched uh see women's basketball in the past uh you will know that their defensive efforts is uh suffocating they, they they play hard all uh all 40 minutes they uh and, and they get and they get themselves a chance to win games that whether or not the offense is there uh, usually has been the key problem. Uh, sometimes shots don't fall, uh, but they, they always get, them, get themselves a chance to win. I know uh, last Thursday, uh, <coughs> excuse me, last Thursday against Pitt State, uh, they were down, but the defense effort uh, gave them a chance, and, and you know they they had a they had a chance to, to win a tie on the, on the last shot, but just uh, did not uh, fall for them. But but again, um, you know, this is a team that, that never quits. And and if you like good, hard-nosed de- de- um, defensive basketball, I, I advise that you check, check out uh, UCL Women's Basketball. On the men's side, uh, they're in the midst of a three-game losing streak. Um, they are coming off the 104-82 loss to Missouri Southern also last Saturday. Uh, you know, it, it's been kind of tough for them there. They, they, they kind of had a, you know, a hot start. I know they scored 100 against uh, Swasu, I believe, and then 90 against somebody else in non-conference. But since conference play has started, uh, they are 1-7 in the conference. Uh, not where you were hoping to be at this, at this point in time. Uh, they are 8-9 uh, on the season. Um... But you know, that being said, there's there's still time turning around here. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, last year, you know, they made a little push in the MIAA t- uh, t- uh, tournament, but you know, they, they they also lost key guys again. Uh, uh, Jake Hammonds again playing playing pro basketball in Mexico. Uh, uh, you know, Marquise Grayson was a guy. Uh, you know, Fabian Glasgow was a, was a, was a guy that ran out of uh, unfortunately ran ran, 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 ran ran out of eligibility. He was a key uh, a key post player uh, off the bench last year. I'm sure would have would have would have had a chance to start. Uh, and you know, and then you lose Corbin Byford, who uh, uh, you know a very solid post player. So uh, uh, again, losses were heavy. Um, but you know, I mean, they they had talent back. Uh, Marquise Grayson, uh, not Marquise Grayson, uh, Marquise Johnson, excuse me, uh, Josh Holiday. Um, you know, you, you you had guys back, and then they brought in, of course, uh, they brought in you know, some, some, some more transfers. One of them, however, is uh, literally putting the team on his back. 
That is Loyola Chicago senior transfer Darius Avery. Uh, the Tennessee Natives having a monstrous season, averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. I believe he had uh, 20 and 10 again uh, against Missouri Southern. Uh, and then the second leading scorer uh, is former Millwood standout Ashford Golden, who's averaging 16 and 4. Uh, that name sounds familiar. He's the one that uh, I forgot how many years ago it was now, but um, would have Millwood a state championship by tipping the ball in at the last second. He had a big afro then. He does not have the afro anymore. Um, he played some juco ball and then, I guess took a couple of years off, and now he, he is back. So, uh, those are your two leading scores. Um, and so, uh, and so, and so again, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I still have faith in them. I still have faith. I know they have the talent. Uh, I'm not yet got into a game, but hopefully soon here, I'll try to get my man, uh, my man James Jackson on. He is the man that I assigned the basketball games to, so I can keep my focus mainly on UCL football. So uh, at some point, I know he's a very busy man himself, try to get him on here and have a basketball special uh, to go more in depth about this, because I'm also curious. Uh, to, to see his thoughts on the season so far. Uh, and then the last best related news, I went to his uh, head men's basketball coach, Tom Hankins, a happy uh, belated birthday. His birthday was yesterday, Monday, I believe, one of those two days. So I want to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, and then finally, the last UCLA Bronco related news for sports wise, head before I get into football, is the wrestling team. The wrestling team, uh, eight and three on the season, two and zero uh, in conference. Uh, they they uh, they did lose last Saturday to Colorado School of Mines, twenty two to twenty one. Um, they do host Western Colorado on Saturday, so uh, you want you're a fan of wrestling, you want to come check that out. Uh, they are led by uh, sophomore Heath Gray, who is 24 and one at 180 at, at 184 pounds, and then uh, senior Colton Looper is 18 and six at 197 pounds, and then redshirt freshman Brick Filippo is 17 and four at 149 pounds. So uh, you know, those are three weight classes. The UCO has. Uh, three strong wrestlers here that have uh, dominated the mat. So uh, we'll see if that, that continues again there in action uh, Saturday against Western Colorado. Now moving on to the purpose of the podcast here, which is football. Um, before we get into the recap, we do have some other football-related news. Uh, the uh, Dream Bowl was... Uh, this past Monday, as you know, the Dream Bowl last year had uh, two UCL players in Sam Noble and Josh Crockett. And as you know, Josh, Josh Crockett was named Offensive MVP of the game last uh, last year. And that, that probably helped him get his shot with the Kansas City Chiefs that... Um, 
they earned him a spot on the on the practice squad. So uh, you know it, it, those 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 all star bowl games do help. Uh, the Dream Bowl is for uh, FCS D two D three NAI guys. Uh, it, 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 there's there's CFL scouts there, and there's uh, NFL scouts. I know, I know uh, the CFL scouts do do their own combine, uh, and then the NFL scouts do their own combine. So it's just it's just good to get to get exposure there. Um, there were actually four UCL Broncos there uh, this this past weekend, uh, all on the cruiser. That were being linebacker Colton Lindsey, defensive end Justin Stewart, offensive lineman Noah Hammonds, and running back Clay Clay McKenzie. Also on the on the Cruiser squad is uh, former Oklahoma State running back Jeff Carr, who uh, represented Texas A&M Kingsville. So uh, quite a few. Oklahoma ties uh, on that on that team. Unfortunately, uh, though, um, the Team Crusaders fell short against Team Patriots, uh, falling 21-7. On the bright side, Colton Lindsay was named a team captain for uh, Team 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 Crusader. I'm not surprised, Colton Lindsay. The Prince be a a very good leader, Uh, and then. and then Justin Stewart made his uh, impact felt he had he had a uh, strip sack so uh, you know uh, so, so, so Broncos doing doing big things there uh, in front of in front of scouts so that's always that's always good to have your best performances uh, around uh, around scouts uh, and then finally here the recruiting trail is uh the recruiting trail is definitely heating up uh i'm just gonna i i could go over some more commits but i think with, with signing day two weeks away i mean they're coming fast and furious i'm telling you you need to check that bronco that bronco football twitter feed because it has been on fire as of late and uh the commits are coming rapid fire. Uh, they've been the coach staff has 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 had a lot of visits uh, to campus and then going out to recruits. And let me tell you, the people that I have seen that have committed uh, in the past week or so uh, really excites me here. Uh, they're bringing in some some uh, some quality players. Uh, that the highlight team speaks for themselves. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, last year I said was a very solid class. Uh, you know, you, you you had some immediate impact guys from that class. And I would suspect that the same thing would happen again this year. They seem to have a pretty good group uh, coming in, not counting the nine Jukos that I'm sure will have a spot. But they, they have some freshmen co- uh, coming in that uh, that look very, very, very promising. So uh, I, I just uh, would, would, just, would keep my eye out uh, for signing day. I would try to have... Uh, try to have something special for that, um, but we'll definitely be covering that because that is setting up to be a very, very good, uh, good, good class and future looks really bright here for using football. So that being said, we're gonna get into the recap. Uh, again, I mentioned before, UCL finished uh, eight and four after a slow start, got it turned around. Um, 
You know, they started 0-2, finished 8-2 uh, down the stretch there. Uh, and posted back-to-back 8-4 seasons for the first time since 0-3-0-4. Uh, also back-to-back bowl bursts. Uh, and also posted three straight shutouts for the first time since 1979. Only, only the second time since ni- 1942. And um, got the fifth straight win against rival Northeastern State. Now, some of those are repeated numerous times already, but in case uh, they have been missed, I want to uh, repeat that again. So, um, you know, again, uh, it, it was a very up and down season, especially early, early on. But I think we all knew that. I think people around the program, uh, you kind of had that sense, uh, especially with all the all the new faces there uh, on on. Uh, up front on an offense, and then you have a new quarterback in there. Uh, you know, you, you lost two talented receivers. I mean, you lost the nation's leading receiver in all Canada and, and all levels, and JT Looper, and then you lost Josh Crockett, who's now in the NFL. I mean, those two guys don't come along uh, often, so you know, then you lose uh, arguably the greatest quarterback uh, in school history, probably one of the greatest players in school history, and Chad Stallard. Then you lose Sam Sam Noble, who was all American at one point in his career uh you lose and wins so you definitely had uh some key pieces that needed to be uh replaced along the offense so you knew it would take some time and uh that was pretty evident during during the uh pitch day game uh the the um the defense that uh, we were confident had to carry the team early on uh, did so against Pitt State. They gave them a chance, uh, but again, the offense struggled. Again, not surprisingly, um, Pitt State is a very solid team. Um, their their defense uh, is 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 extremely talented. So. Um, Again, it was going to be a stiff test. Uh, you know, uh, Keith Calhoun, the uh, sophomore from Tulsa, uh, one of the top three alternating passers in Oklahoma high school and high school history, started that game. There was rumors that they were going to play all three quarterbacks. Only played Keats, and Keats did the best he could do. Uh, Keats will Keats was sacked four times. Uh, they were one of fourteen on third downs, two of four on fourth. Uh, you know, it, it just was tough. It was tough, uh, but again, you kind of you kind of knew that. Uh, so you know, there was only one way to only one way to go from there. And then the following week against Kearney, the Mexican Kearney, in, in the home opener, uh, was a much better game from the uh, from the offense. Uh, you know, they put up 20, 27 points. Uh, you know, this this was the this was the first game where uh, Dustin Boskis really uh, made his presence felt on that, uh, hauling in 11 catches for 136 yards. Uh, that was the game where uh, they were driving and. Um, Got got down inside Kearney's uh, inside Kearney thirty, and uh, it was a fourth down. And Dustin Boxes was again open, but their defensive back made a great play. Uh, got got enough of a hand on the ball to tip it, and and kind of uh, 
make it a difficult catch attempt for Boskins, who could not re, uh, who could not haul it in, and uh, they 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 did lose that game. That game, however, did give me hope at least that the offense was making some progress there. If you look, the offensive line uh, did did do uh, they do better. I believe the ground game still was kind of struggling a little bit, but uh, at least the the pass blocking. Uh, was uh was was there defensively it kind of took a step back uh they had trouble stopping the read option which was kind of strange to me uh after uh holding pitch state uh really in check and pitch state also ran a read option um so you know you figured we can get both sides playing together uh we can you know get the win and then the following week they did that against uh Lindenwood. Uh, unfortunately, that was the game where Keats played 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 brilliantly in the first half, and then uh, went down with that knee injury, and then they answered that Chandler Garrett, the sophomore from Mustang, uh, by way of Wyoming, uh, and he went in there and um, you know. Uh, made sure that they got the win. Uh, granted, he was 4-11 for 105 yards, two touchdowns, and one inter- interceptions. Uh, that was also the game where true freshman Tyrone Howell from Idabel, uh got to start at wide receiver, um, and he had a monster game. Uh, five catches, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. So, um, you know that that was that was definitely a good win. And granted, it was a much needed win, but then you know you return home. Uh, Chandler Garrett was set to make his first career start. It wasn't the best of passing in that Lindenwood game, um, and and not only that, it is against number four team in the country in Northwest Missouri State, who some call the Alabama of Division Two, a very solid program, competitive year in and year out. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of you going into that game, I was like, if we can keep it within, a, you know, two or three scores, I'll, I'll take that. But uh, they did better than that because um, Chandler Garrett, to his credit, uh, came out there and uh, completely dominated the game. Are you sure it was up in that game, 28 Three at the end of three at the end of three quarters. Uh, by far the best football I have seen you so play up until that point. Um, uh, the West Missouri State made a late comeback attempt. It fell short. I believe it was was I think it was Dylan Hall had a great goal line stand uh, late in that game and pretty much seal it. Uh, Chandler Garrett dominated that game again. As I mentioned before here, uh, 17 or 33 for 200, 274 yards, four touchdowns, and ran for 59 yards. Uh, and then this unfortunately that was the last game that Nellie Curry played on the season uh, because he got beamed up again in that game. Uh, he did have eight catches for 103 yards and one touchdown, but unfortunately was injured in that game with a collarbone and was out for the season. Uh, so that 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 hurt because again the only two receivers up to that point, I'm not, not counting Tyron Howell's breakout game against against uh, Lindenwood, was Dustin Boskis and Elliot Curry. So now it fell on Dustin Boskis' shoulders. Uh, so you know you needed somebody else to step up. You know there were high hopes for uh, UAB transfer 
Ronald Turner Jr. and then uh, Juco Ronald Monroe. Uh, Ronald Ronald Monroe did did come on late, uh, and then Ronald Turner also had his moments, but there's nothing consistent there, uh, which which really concerned me because you know again at that at that point the ground game was still not where it needed to be. Uh, so you know, uh, so then so then. The, the the next week there against Fort Hayes is kind of one of those you figured it could be a letdown, uh, and it was a letdown. They lost fifteen to nothing. Uh, they could only muster two hundred and ninety four yards, but it uh, also also was the first time being shut out in seven years. But if there was a bright side to that. Uh, the defense did not allow a touchdown, so the defense again was was continuing the strong play. And Mikhail Hall, uh, who had two catches in the first three games, had three catches for, for, for 53 yards. And if you recall, when I was recapping that game, I had said maybe this is a turning point uh, that Mikhail Hall needs to get to get going because it was a guy that had a very good uh, scrimmage uh, before the season started. I was high on the man. I know coaches were high on him. Uh, and so I, I was hoping that would definitely be the spark needed. So uh, they return home the following week against Central Missouri uh, for homecoming. And this, this was this was the start of the win streak for UCO. Um, it came down to the wire, and uh, my man and uh, guest on the podcast, uh, Eli Hooks, the senior defensive end, well, he's not graduated, um, had back-to-back sacks to um, to win the game. And and, and I, I have to say, uh, the, the, the fight there, would uh, pretty much it, it foreshadowed the rest of the season, I should say. Let's put it that way. That that game uh, foreshadowed the rest of the rest of the well, the, the rest of the season. Um, and that's also the game where Jacory Hunt, uh, Jacory hit on a hunt. Uh, one, one of my one of my favorite players uh, put you put Central Missouri receiver Kyron Parker in a neck brace because the hit he had. Uh, I mean, I mean, let's just say it was so hard. The man's helmet went straight up in the air. Uh, and telling you, if you have not seen this man play, I strongly advise you get to a UCO game next year because Jakari Hunt. Telling you, if you if you like old school safety play, the Ed Reeds, if if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan again, and and you like how Xavier Woods plays, or Jacari Hunt plays the exact same way, not the biggest guy in the world, but he brings everything he has, and and, and it's just a a joy to watch. Um, so they got that win, an impressive win. Uh, they go on the road against uh, Missouri Missouri Western, and they got a narrow 17-16 win. Now this, this was this was a this was a tale of of, of two halves. Uh, UC was up at the half. 17 and nothing. Uh, and then the and then in, in the second second half, uh, Missouri Western, to their credit, uh, made some adjustments there. Uh, and they gave themselves a chance to win. However, uh, senior in Jordan Stafford uh, tipped the 53, the 44, 45 yard field goal with uh, 53 seconds left. And uh, UCO was able to run out the clock 
and take a safety on the last play of the of the game. That also was the game where uh, registered fast 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 cornerback Kobe Underwood and senior corner safety Draymond Christian had their first career inter- interceptions. Uh, for Kobe, I was glad to see that because Kobe uh, early on in the season was was a starter that kind of struggled some. I'm glad to see him get that pick. Uh, and then that kicked off what was three straight shutouts, uh, a 34-0 win against Wasburn, which uh, this was their first shutout since 2014. Um, that also was, uh, I believe that was Will Collins' first start. I think it was Will Collins, no, it was, was Will Collins' first start. It, it, it was Will Collins. It was early in the Will Collins era. Because Chandler Garrett did get banged up. Uh, and uh, Chandler Collins, I mean, uh, Will Collins uh, had a had a great day that day. Fun for 282 yards and two and two t- and two uh, touchdowns. This was the first 100-yard game for uh, Mikhail Hall. Remember, I was ecstatic about that. And... Um, I, I said this that when I saw if he can if he can do this every game, uh, UCO will be will be tough. Uh, then they went on the on the uh, on the road against Missouri Southern, a team that was coming that was coming off of ending their 20 game losing streak uh, against North Northeastern State the week the week before. Um, and even though they won 31 nothing, it was not a pleasant win. It was only 10 nothing at the half. Uh, yeah, you know, they came out in the second half and scored three touchdowns, but still was not what you want to see out of that. It should have been uh, far worse than that. Uh, Ocean Harris did have a 70 yard fumble, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, Ocean, another guy that, that came on the podcast here that I appreciate. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, defense was playing at a high level, the offense still was sort of iffy, and then. They go on the road yet again against rival Northeastern State and proceeded to dominate that game. Uh, it was seven nothing after after the first quarter, and then UCO turned on the burners, uh, scoring 55 points in the last three quarters. Um, Justin Curry, uh, now mind you, this all came in the second half. Had 18 carries for 157 yards, three touchdowns, and averaged 8.7 yards a carry. Um, Kill Hall had a 200-yard yard day on six catches. Uh, the defense had three picks. Held uh, Northeastern State to only eight first downs, 440 passing yards, only 159 yards of total offense. It was a great game to watch. I'm going to sit there and lie to you. Uh, it was glorious. Um, and then senior day... Uh, a very tough loss to uh, Emporia State, 35 to 20, 28. Uh, they were they were down by 14 with a minute uh, with with the minute 18 left, but they uh, they fought back and scored with eight seconds. Uh, they just could not recover the onside kick, but but uh, but again um, again though just just shows the fight. Uh, character of the uh, of the team, and then as we as we as we as has been well talked about and discussed on this podcast, the uh, the bowl win comeback winning against Angelo State. I don't feel like I need to rehash because 
that was uh, that was nothing shy of a miracle. Um, and then looking at the stats here, um, you know, I mean, given the circumstances, uh, you know, given the line play early on, I think the offensive stats turned out turned out pretty pretty good. Uh, Clay McClay McKenzie finished with uh, eight touchdowns, 686 yards. Um, you know, the passing is kind of skewed because we used three different quarterbacks. But uh, Will Collins, who played in seven games, threw for 1,759 yards, 14 touchdowns, only four picks. Um, and a 64% completion percentage there. So Will Collins, Will Collins is a guy. Uh, this is actually a position that I, I that I, I definitely want to see during spring. There are a lot of positions actually during spring that I cannot wait to uh, to see. And that is number one is who will take the reins of quarterback. Because if you look at this here, none of them really lost a job. If we're starting from the very beginning here, Keith Calhoun never lost a job. Keith was never benched. Keith unfortunately was hurt. And so then that gave uh, Chandler Garrett a shot. And again, Chandler Garrett also never lost a job because he got hurt. And then they gave Will Collins a shot. And Will Collins, again, in the last seven games, goes on. So I'm curious to see here what, how that shakes out. Now, I do know... Well, I don't actually know, but I'm pretty confident that that Trimmer Garrett will still have that role in that Wildcat package, that 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 short yardage goal line Black Bell type of role. But I, I'm really curious here to see who wins this job because you look at it here, the quarterbacks, uh, the quarterbacks accounted for 25 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. So, uh, you know, that's 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 impressive. I mean, you got pretty much still three different quarterbacks. Um, you know, uh, well, uh, behind the new, uh, behind the new line, you know, the run game took a while to get going because of the line. But again, I, I'm very pleased here with uh, the quarterback numbers. I think that is a testament to uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, crap. Uh, uh, it'll, 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 it'll come to me. It'll, it'll, it'll Christian Hood. Christian, I'll put the there. Christian Hood, my, my bad. Coach Christian Hood, you're listening to this, Coach Hood. I apologize. I could see your face. Couldn't think of the name, but we got it. Um, and so, you know, I was pleased with the quarterback effort there. And then the receiving core also really, uh, especially after that Curry injury, that I have to give it up here. A huge shout out to, to Dustin Bosk. Dustin Boskis again was a guy that last season was kind of buried on the depth chart there. I mean, you know, I mentioned Crockett and Luper, and then, you know, Curry was there. And, um,. He was a guy that battled some, I think, some injuries and some, and some uh, academic issues, and then could not play until I think it was game six, but had two touchdowns in that, uh, in that, in that game. Now, you know, at that point in time, I took it as, well, they can't cover four receivers. So, I mean, if you're if you're covering, you know, Looper, which you had to, and then there's Josh Crockett over there with his 40-inch vertical, uh, and then there's there's Lynette Curry. You know, it's kind of hard to cover them all. So I figured, you know, he might have just been a product of, of, of that but Dustin Bonk is uh, almost from the jump from that from that Kearney game on 
uh, really just set the tone finishing with 30 more catches than the second place um, finishing with 67 catches for 209 yards and 7 touchdowns I mean Dustin Boskis had games where he just felt dominated games uh, uh, Dustin Boskis is a guy I mean 5'8 maybe a buck 60 uh, but I mean the man I mean the man just gets open I mean he, the man is shifty uh, he, I mean, the man has some speed. Now, I'm not saying that he's a burner, but he definitely has some speed, enough speed to, to make big plays. Um, and then Kill Hall is the man. Then Kill Hall is the man I was critical of. Uh, and Kill Hall turned it around uh, about midseason, really just hit his shrine. Uh, you look at that bull game, Kill Hall right there. Uh, made big plays in that game that Northeastern State game I mentioned he had 200 yards um, Kill Hall's a guy that uh, I feel like when he wants to dominate games he can't we need, need to get that consistently going uh, I mean he had 37 catches for 698 yards and 3 touchdowns averaged almost 19 yards a catch I mean, Kill Hall, we're talking about, this is a big play very explosive man that has the suck the man has D1 size. We're talking about that that's six three, probably about a probably about at least a buck, a buck eighty. I mean the man has speed, he has strength. Uh I, I mean there was one play against against uh North was Northeastern State or the bowl game where he drive a defender ten yards into the end zone. McKill Hall is a guy that has that has talent and McKill Hall with all the all stretching meditation, Mikhail Hall. Once Dustin Boskis, I'm not sure if he will get a uh, sixth year. Where I hope that he is. But Mikhail Hall has a chance to really make a name for himself. I mean, really make a name for himself. I mean, the man made honorable mention all conference uh, pretty much on that second half of the season alone. So I would think here if he can post those, if he can he can have that second half of the season and carry it over into the start of next season, that uh, you know, you could be looking at with him and Boskis there and then Curry back, I mean you could be looking at three all conference receivers right there. I know reason why Elliot Curry could not make all conference. Um if he is healthy, uh, and then and then Tyrone Howell is a guy again um, with a surprise play as a true freshman. Now when I saw him in that scrimmage, uh, I saw Tyrone Howell. I was like, this 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 guy definitely has some has some size. Uh, made a very nice red zone catch uh, in that in that scrimmage, and then you know, and then and then in his in his first start goes for over a hundred yards on five on five catches. So um, he's another guy that has a very bright bright future and is actually uh, a a return man too in the process this year. So you know, uh, it's always good. And then another guy I'm high on. Is Johnny Bazell as, as, as we remember? Um, Johnny Bazell was a guy that was actually leading the quarterback battle uh, early in the in the spring, and then was moved to receiver. Took a took a while to kind of adjust there, but Johnny uh, was a guy that that came on came on uh, late. Uh, he's a guy I like to think um, now having now having a year at receiver this time next year. 
will also be able to make an impact. And then you can't, you know, and then you add in two junior college transfers, and then you have some red shirts. So you have uh, Diego Richards, who Coach Bobek was really high on uh, signing day last year. Um, that he actually called one of the most explosive players in the in the uh, in the in the state. The Richards is me is a, is a pure slot guy, uh, kind of kind of in the mode of JT Looper, Dustin Oscars type type of type of guy. And then you got uh, Dawson Huddleston at Marlowe, another six two six six three receiver there. So uh, I'm I'm really curious to see what um, what the receiving core is looking like. I, I'd like to think here, especially now that. The, the, not you know, not the line is settled. I mean, uh, you hopefully will have better health this year with uh, center Nick uh, George who missed uh, who, who missed some games because of, because of, because of uh, um, concussions. Still was still was a third a third team all conference guy. Uh, you had a lot of young. Uh, Redshirts played last year. Uh, Chase Slack, Seth, Seth Cormack, uh, Alex. I hope, I hope I'm saying saying his name right here. Uh, Eckler, um, and apparently that Ben Ralston is also a junior. So, um, so you know, I, I, I'm liking I'm liking the way the line is looking right now. To me, the main the main loss clearly now is, is Noah Hammonds. Noah Hammonds is uh, a very solid solid tackle. Uh, again, help Marcus. Jones, guy, guy from Angelo State that had the 15 and a half sacks, 34 tackles for loss, um, to basically nothing in that fourth quarter of that comeback. I think it's a huge testament here to the uh, to the skill there of uh, of uh, Noah Noah Hammonds, uh, who really set the big there. Uh, you know, I mean, losing Sam Sam Noble was, uh, was 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 no small loss. But Noah Hammonds did a did a great job there of uh, of of. of uh, being that 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 uh, key tackle, um, and I know Coach uh, going into the into the spring was was uh, had clearly had never never asked him about the about the line had always seen that new Hammonds as the as a guy that that they that that, uh, that they felt was best of the bunch that that could play all three line positions, and this is a guy I, I, I hope will get a shot you know in, in a um at the training camp. So Somewhere, whether that that be in the NFL or the CFL, because I, I think Noah Hammond with, with his his size and his ability, uh, I think he has earned a shot somewhere. So I'm hoping that somebody gives him that opportunity to uh, make it at next level. And then um, if we're looking at the at the age bags, uh, Dante McGee. Uh, Dante McGee's guy that I know um, when he signed at a UConn a couple of years ago, he was a running back, and I was like, uh, I, I mean, six four, I think it was like six four two twenty then. And I asked Coach, I was like, is he is he gonna stay running back? And he said, no, he'll be he'll be an ace back. He gained about fifteen pounds. Uh, during that rest year, and let me let me tell you, I saw him after one of the home games 
uh, and I was leading the press conference. And Dante McGee uh, is a very built individual. Uh, and Dante McGee, uh, let me tell you, is a guy that um, only had seven catches on the season, but had 108 yards and one touchdown. Uh, and also earned um, a much of all conference. Dante McGee is a guy. Uh, that I think uh, could be a very good weapon. Now, I don't know um, uh, Caleb uh, Caleb Moss is a guy my first year covering them that was chastised out of safety blanket. Uh, I like to think Dante McGee could be the same. I know they played four H backs. They played him, um, Marshall Tolson, Daxton Williams, and true freshman Isaiah Jackson was really surprised me about Isaiah Jackson. Uh, but Isaiah Jackson is a very good receiver, uh, by the way. I have to say he has pretty good hands. Um, definitely was kind of a surprise play as a true freshman. Uh, I actually played actually played in 11 games, so I was really surprised about that. Um, it was Tolson again, coaches high on him as a, as a, as a blocker, calling him the best inline blocker uh, in the conference last year. Um, and then Dante McGee, and no one, I'm mean, not Dante McGee. Uh, Daxton Williams is a is is another uh, quality blocker from uh, from uh, you follow, but I, I just I, they are set there. They are, they are set there, and uh, and uh, and. That position. I mean, I know that Daxton Williams and uh, Tolson will be seniors next year, but uh, they have a guy that is committed. I don't know whether he'll be, he'll be playing uh, on offense or defense, but let me tell you the highlights of this man. Uh, you know, we're talking about talking about Marshall Tolson being being a uh, 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 being one of the one of the, the, the best blockers in the conference. I think this guy has, has has a chance, if he's on offense, a chance to do the exact same. Um, we'll talk about, we'll talk more about him on the Shining Day special. But uh, he's a guy I, I was excited about. I, I really was excited about. Um, and then, uh, oh, fools me, and then I forgot to mention, mention running backs here. Now, I would like to think that it's going to be Justin Curry's job to lose at this point. I mean, Justin Curry, uh, that was what he could do. He had to share time with Clay and McKenzie. Again, uh, one of the all-time greats. I think, to me, the, the, the key is who will be in the uh, rotation. Should have a healthy Bruce White back who was limited to only three games uh, last season due to, uh, due to injuries. You also have Seymour Daniels. And Seymour Daniels is a guy that I, I, I'm, I'm high on. I'm high on Seymour Daniels. Seymour Daniels was brought in from Tulsa East Central as a wide receiver. Uh, moved to the emergency running back position last year due to, due to injuries. And uh, stayed there. And I have to say, uh, Seymour Daniels, uh, when his number was called, I mean, the man ran extremely hard. Uh, I like what I saw out of Seymour Daniels, so I'm curious to see uh, how if if he can get some solid carries in there. You know, plus we have the JUCO TJ Roberts, who uh, you know leaped over a standing defender 
and uh, proceeded to run, run for a touchdown. So uh, I'm sure he will uh, get some snaps. And you also have Peyton Scott, uh, the registered freshman out of Sand Springs, who was the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year a season ago. So the backfield there, uh, however it shakes out, is also ultra talented. I'm just curious to see what the rotation uh, will definitely be like there for the uh, for Dyfield. Moving on to defense here. Um, this is where most of the losses occur uh, this season because um, we do lose Colton Lindsay, who was the team leading, leading, leading tackler here with 91. Um, and then you also lose um, Malik Walker at corner was a steady presence, um, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with six deflections, five pass breakups, uh, you know, so, and then you also lose Justin, Justin Stewart, who was the team, who was second on the team in sacks, uh, with three and a half. So, you know, and then, he, and then he also had that great showing in the uh, Dream Bowl. And, you know, and then not only do you use him, you also lose the sack leader here, my man Eli Hooks, with four and a half sacks. And then you also lose Noble Lybrand with two and a, two and a half sacks, who they move when they move from, from tackle to end. And then you also lose Jordan Stafford at, at, at defensive end, who uh, tipped that kick to, to win the game against Missouri. Western, and then on top of that, you also happen to lose Trey Wilmington to graduation. So, um, that's about four or five ends right there that, um, that will have to be replaced. Now, uh, that would pretty much just leave Noah Ingram at this point as the key rotational guy last year. Now, I know they did bring in a couple of Jukos. Um, that uh, should that I would like to assume uh, will be getting some uh, some snaps in there, uh, and it's gonna be up to the rest. Now I don't remember exactly all who they brought in last year on the defensive side of the ball, as far as the line goes. Uh, I do know that 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 they made a great effort last year to bring in tackles, especially after Carson Smith unfortunately had to had to mentally retire due to shoulder injuries. And that is an area that I think though will be will be solid. Uh, you have Tulsa transfer uh, Mike Rios, who uh, was very solid last year before having to miss the remainder of the season with, with, with the injury. He'll be he'll be back. Uh, Tyrell Cummings, a big 315-pound uh, tackle, your typical nose guard, uh, will also should 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 be improved. You also have um, yeah, I'm not gonna say his name because I will butcher it. Again, they call him K uh, KK. He should be better. He came on strong, especially after the Mike Reels injury. Uh, and then you also have Joseph, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right here. Is it Rock? I think it's R-R-R-O-Q-U-E. Um, he also played a lot too, especially after that Mike, Mike, after that Mike Rios injury. And he, he, he's a guy that got some pressure too. So, um, 
And then you also have uh, Stefan Starks in there too from uh, Independence. As you know, uh, that was the Juco featured on this past season of La oh, Last Chance U. And he uh, and he he also played in seven games last year. So the uh, tackle spot uh, is fine. I'm not worried about that. They also brought in uh, Corey Brown Jr. the Juco from Arizona, Arizona, Arizona Western, who should also see some snaps in there. I know they have the rest of them from John Moss, who they were high on last year. Uh, Greg Brown Jr., uh, who was 280 last year, so I think he should probably be bigger this year. So I, the, 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 uh, the tackle spot, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the, uh, the tackle, tackle spot. I have no uh, concern. Linebacking core, um, Again, you lose Lindsay, you lose Alex Figueroa. You also lose Langston Underwood. One of the feel good stories here uh, was a was a uh, was a walk on who uh, earned a scholarship in the in the, in the spring. Um, you know, uh, you always root for those for those guys. Played eleven games. Uh, made 24 tackles on, on the season including uh one a sack two and a half tackles tackles uh for for uh for loss um and uh, so you know um but they also again have Dylan Hall back uh they have Byron Byron Burns back they have Jeremiah Hill back and then they redshirted two two linebackers last year uh they also brought in a Jugo um, linebacker this year. So again, they, you know, they were a deep last year. So I think they said they should still be fun. They also have Brock. And again, I hope I'm saying his name right. I think it's Barris, B-E-R-U-S, uh, who they have been high on now uh, for quite some time. I think he'll be a wrestler sophomore. So they are also looking good at linebacker. Now, the secondary here, and mainly the corners, that kind of concerned me. Now, safeties are fine because you got Jakari Hunt and second team, all all American, first team all conference. Man, come on the podcast, Mr. O'Shea Harris. And safety, uh, O'Shea Harris um, had, a, had a breakout junior season last year. Uh, facing second on the team with 74 tackles, three for loss, uh, two interceptions. Uh, uh, 18, oh, eight pass breakups, 10 deflections, and two forced fumbles. So, uh, also Harris again probably would be assumed to be the, the uh, catalyst there. Uh, now at corner is where the losses are kind of heavy. Um, Malik Walker and not a another. Uh, Fiddle story was, was a walk on from 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 from, from uh, Enio. Um, you know, was probably one of the best the, the best quarter last year. He departs, as does um, Deion Hallman, the Ball State transfer. He also departs. Jordan Noel, the Kansas State transfer. He also departs. Um, you know, so it, it, it just kind of it's kind of unfortunate there that the loss of the corner, along with Draymond Christian, also departs. So you're losing four corners now. I will say, uh, the way that Kobe Underwood, who be a a sophomore uh, this coming season, the way he turned the season around to me is really encouraging. Um, 
I think he should be starting again at one of the other corner spots. Now, I know the, uh, the other corner spot, I know um, they had Daniel Baum in there. And Daniel Baum is a guy that has great size for the uh, position. He's he's 6'3". He's tall. He's lanky. He started that pitch day game. Struggled early on. I think they moved him to uh, safety towards the end of last season and did, did better. So, I'm curious to see to keep him there or to move him back to corner. You have uh, Isaiah Gray with a juggle last year that also played um, uh, and um that that's that, that and so he's a guy I think would have a chance and he also brought in um Justin Ewan, another Juco, who I think will also have a chance. I will also keep my eye out on for anybody that they add late. They probably they'll probably bring in a couple more D1 transfers. Um like they did last last season. Um and so, you know, other than that, if they can if they can pass those holes up there uh at uh in and a corner, I don't see why this team cannot make a run. Um, and the conference crown next year, I really don't, don't, don't see why. You know, obviously, uh, health is important. I mean, you know, you obviously need to stay healthy. Um, but uh, I mean, if, if if everybody's healthy here, again, you've got three proven quarterbacks. In my opinion, you've got three all-conference caliber uh, wideouts. Uh, you have a line now. Especially if Nick if Nick George can stay healthy, uh, you have a line that um, that can definitely be uh, that 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 should be better. Uh, you have a nice stable of running backs, uh, and then you know, on defense again, you got a you got a stout uh, interior there with a nice rotation. Uh, you still got a very good deep core of linebackers you have arguably the best safety in the conference and one of the one of the best in in D2 in uh O'Shea Harris. Um so again it is it, looking really promising next season for UCO. I, I have to say uh it is looking extremely promising. Um I cannot wait until Saturday uh, and then and then for spring football to start because spring football is where you can kind of kind of get a uh, a feel uh, for it. So uh, you know, so I, I'm definitely excited excited uh, about that. Um, before we go here, I've got to I've got to mention this at the start of the podcast that UCO does have a new for the line coach and coach Pat Hill. Now, uh, coach Pat Hill came, came from from Angelo State, uh, which is just which is which is a team that uh, UCO beat in the bowl game, but also means he coached the the, <clears throat> the man that had. The 15 and a half sacks. So uh, it is a very solid hire by Coach Bobo back here. I'm gonna read off a list of his uh, uh, 2018 accomplishments. Um, so his line accounted for 293 tackles, uh, 72 tackles for loss, 34 and a half sacks. He had two All Conference first team, uh, one. 
All-American name by AP, uh, the D2 Coaches Association, uh, and the American Football Coaches Association. Uh, he had a D2 Coaches Association Super Region 4 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Conference Sack Leader, Defensive Lineman of the of the Year, Defensive um, Player of the Year, D2 Player of the Year, uh, Cliff Harris Award Finalist, Harlan Hill Finalist, and Gene Upshaw Award Winner. Now, all those were mainly Marcus Jones, but you get the but you get the point here. The fact that this man uh, clearly uh, is a is a is a proven proven coach, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do with UCL's front. Um, that was so last year uh, with uh, with him in the fold now. I think it could be even better. So um, that's going to do it for this week's uh, episode of the, of, the, of the Chosa Podcast. I know it ran kind of long, um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it just it was, was one of those episodes that would probably have been a little bit longer. Uh, regardless, um, so not really sure when, when, when exactly we will be back. Um, but uh, we will probably I, I, I'm, I, I might have one out before uh, signing signing day. If if it is one, it will probably be a special. So just be on the lookout for that. We will definitely have signing day special here. Uh, on Toast of Podcast uh, or when the time comes in a couple, in a couple of weeks. So, um, that being said, uh, my name is JG Smooth and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you all later. Bye! Have a beautiful time! <laughs>